Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler here with you with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a great weekend out there and a good start to the week. It wasn't exactly a great start to the week for our markets today. We finished with three out of our four major, really all of our major indexes lower. The Dow was just flat on the day today. But I say rough mostly because today those levels, the February 24th lows that we were looking to see hold were broken today by both the NASDAQ and the semis on the day today. Uh, we even finished below those closes. Even we finished a little bit off of those lows of the day. Uh, but again, that was a close below the lows from February 24th. Now we have seen the Russell 2000, the S&P, the Dow, and a number of our sectors still be able to hold above those lows, but it's still not what you want to see here and exactly why we're looking at the VRA investing system now hitting a neutral with six out of 12 screens bullish right now, but more of a neutral, like I said, with six out of 12 screens positive. So that's not to say, like I just, to restate that, we're not going into full on bearish mode here. Just got a lot of things that we're watching for. And now is the time that we're gonna continue to proceed with a healthy level of caution. There's certainly, <laughs> certainly a lot of uncertainties. How about that? Uh, out there right now, you know, it's definitely a stock pickers market. We're looking for the right positions that we wanna be in. And really we're in the camp that the market could go either direction from here. There's certainly a lot of opportunity out there right now. And we could just be one capitulation event away from being back off to the races. But again, there's just so much uncertainty that we'll be watching for here closely and reporting on here in the podcast. And to name a couple of those things this week, we have the much awaited FOMC meeting uh, coming in later this week. We're expected that the Fed will raise interest rates by a quarter of a basis point. Pretty much all, it's a done deal, essentially, at this point. And we'll learn a little bit more about what Jay Powell and uh, his merry band of cronies over at the Federal Reserve have to say about the current state of the economy. So certainly, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Jay Powell has to say. You know, he has a history of talking down the markets, but this could be the kind of opportunity for him uh, to reverse that a little bit, especially with our markets already having sold off. But the 10-year yield did increase pretty significantly today. Heading into this event, the 10-year now up to a 2.14. Still, that's not in the grand scheme of things, not very high rates at all, but that is the highest level for the 10-year since mid-2019. So it'll be interesting to see what the Fed has to say here and what their plan is going forward. Uh, we'll certainly be covering that here. Uh, i also point out, and this is why I say that we could be a capitulation event away from being back off to the races, and that is that all of our major sentiment indicators here are hitting extreme fear levels. One more event and we could get the fear and greed index down to a two like we saw during coronavirus insanity. 
We saw that in 2018 uh, when the Fed, the Fed engineered the December from hell from 2018. Right now, the fear and greed is at a 15. It hit a low last week of a 12. Uh, but again, that could be quickly lowered as well. And we've seen it in the AI survey as well with some of the highest levels of bears in years. Um, so that is one actually bullish side. As contrarians, that's the way we look at it here, uh, that if we get one more big wash out there, that could be it. We could be back off to the races. But of course... The big uncertainty right now is what is going to happen next with the Russia-Ukraine conflict here. And really the unknowns began even more so this week with the big rumor coming out that Russia is asking China for help here. And I'm not going to dive too deeply into the politics of that, at least on today's podcast. That'd probably take up the entire time of the podcast to really get into but that opens up a whole new can of worms here if China ends up taking Russia's side here. Uh, I mean, just think about what that would do to international markets. Already, we've seen Chinese stocks getting clobbered, and especially today on this news. Names like Alibaba and Tencent down over 10% on the day. That's the lowest level for Alibaba since 2016. And we're not just seeing it there. You're seeing it much broader. It's not just the tech names like we've seen just be destroyed since last year in China. Uh, let's see. Actually, I would like to see what the tech ETF finished at. The tech ETF KWeb finished down 11% on the day today. That is its lowest level. Uh, I got to go further back than that. Wow. That is an all-time low for KWeb. I knew it was a multi-layer low. I did not expect it to be. This ETF started trading in 2013 at roughly 22. We just got an all-time low today at 21.19 for KWeb. But it's not just the tech names. Like I said, all of the A shares, which are traded under the ETF ASHR, hit its lowest level since 2020 as well. And then FXI, the large cap ETF for China, hitting its lowest level since 2016 here as well. And so if you see China taking the side of Russia, then you have to think as well that the sanctions are coming back for China. It already began. This all began under Trump as far as sanctioning China and, and really getting them to play by the rest of the world's rules began under Trump. We could see a whole nother level of that now uh, if they do decide to decide with Russia, but there is some upside to that. While it will almost certainly be painful in the short term, over the longer term, that could be really good for the United States. And it will be rough for the global economy. Don't get me wrong during that time, but here's why it would be good for the United States. There is so much talk about the deglobalization of the world and how supply chains are handled, the just-in-time type of supply that we have right now because things are manufactured all over the world. But if we start to sanction China and we already have sanctions on Russia, well, there's a ton of money in Europe and other countries as well. Where is that money going to go? Where are those foreign investment dollars going to go? And you know, 
maybe too broad of a view here, but a lot of that money would come back to the United States. We're already seeing it here with massive investments going into semiconductor manufacturing here in the US. Just here in Texas, multiple plants are set to be built in the next few years. Uh, other types of supply chain and manufacturing, those investments will come back to the United States if that happens infrastructure investments in the United States. Again, new manufacturing plants and all kinds of new business investments here. And we have a little bit, a much different, but a similar playbook here is much like Japan from the 1990s. As Japan's economy was looking, everybody was saying that Japan is the new superpower here, gonna be the biggest economy. Like, like I said, 30 years ago in the 90s. Um, but as Japan's economy started to collapse, many thought that it would also hurt US markets. But over the long term, we saw the opposite happen. That money that was going to Japan started going to the United States. So we see this as what could be, it's too soon to tell, but could be a very similar environment in that regard. Of course, anything like the start of World War III, then it'd be a different story. That is the unknown here. But if that isn't the case, which we certainly hope that it is not, this could be very positive for the United States. We've been talking about this for years since Trump was in office and loved his stance on China policy. You know, hey, we want to bring you to the world stage, but you've got to do it under the right terms. And we need to have more manufacturing here in the United States. We need to bring those style of jobs back. And this might just be the kick that we need to really accelerate that process, even under a Biden administration, it could happen. So of course it'll take some time, but it would be massively bullish for the United States here in the long term. That's how we see it. You know, we're optimists here as we are contrarians, but we're also extremely optimistic. So over the long term, that's how we want to look at this. It'd be money coming in to the United States. Overall, though, again, we are neutral on this market right now, keeping some powder dry, ready to put it to work if we do see a capitulation style of event. But if things start to look the other way, like we're going further to the downside, we'll be ready to play that here as well. So come and join us for two free weeks at VRAinsider.com to get all of our specific picks here 14 day free trial going on right now so next up let's take a look at our u.s markets on the day today where we did finish near the lows of the day which is not what you want to see if you're bullish uh, again the both the nasdaq and the semis finished below their february 24th lows today so not what we want to see to start off the week so our leader on the day was the dow up just by one point on the day so essentially flat to 32,945. We were followed there by the S&P 500, down 0.74% to 4,173. Next up was the Russell 2000, down 1.9% to 1,941. And lastly, the NASDAQ, down 2% on the day to 12,581. Looking at our internals on the day today, this is a big reason why we are now at six out of 12 screens bullish because even this morning when we had the Dow nicely positive at that and the S&P positive, the internals were already negative and stayed 
negative. That's not what you want to see. That doesn't tell you that there's strength under the surface that you're not seeing. Uh, that certainly was not the case today. And we finished worse there as well. Declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, roughly three to one negative on the NYSE. A little better, but close to the same for the NASDAQ. New 52-week highs and lows really got our attention here as well. We're now getting back to the readings that we saw both at the January 24th lows and the February 24th lows where we had, you know, then it was over a thousand stocks on the NASDAQ hitting 52 weeks. I think the high there was near 1400. It was like 1391 or something like that. Uh, but getting back to those levels now, we had over 700 stocks hitting 52 week lows on the NYSE and over 900 hitting 52 week lows on the NASDAQ. Lastly here, volume came in slightly better than three to one negative for the NYSE and just worse than two to one negative for the NASDAQ. Next up, looking at our sectors on the day today. If you saw just the sectors, you might thought it'd be a little bit better out there today. Still not good, but we were able to finish with four out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day, mostly defensive. Uh, we were led by the financials, followed there by healthcare, consumer staples, and industrials. Then our laggards on the day were energy leading the way lower. They are our most overbought group at these levels. They've come so far so fast. And we're also seeing a, a big dive in oil, which I'll get to here in a second. We were followed there by technology, consumer ser communication services, and consumer discretionary. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Uh, you know, really no flight to safety here today. The only positive that we had on the flight to safety trade were in bonds as i talked about earlier but gold now down over one and a half percent to one thousand nine hundred and fifty three dollars an ounce still a group that we like a lot here especially as we continue to see extremely high inflation entering a rising rate environment so many reasons to love gold and precious metals here silver down as well by three and a half percent to $25.24 an ounce. Copper now down 2.4% to $4.51 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier today, down a big 6.5%. You know, I mean, we're still above $100 a barrel. We're at $102 a barrel roughly right now. But as I said, we came so far so fast. Uh, really, this is this is probably about right for oil to be above a hundred dollars a barrel 130 was just a little too soon um, but we are again still talking about taking oil out of our strategic reserves uh, doesn't now does not at the beginning of a conflict is not the time that you want to be tapping those reserves we should be filling them up and topping them off right now really uh, but we came so far so fast you know I think very few people have little doubt that oil will still be on the rise, uh, but just taking a little bit of a pause right now. This is a group we remain very bullish on here. And lastly for today, Bitcoin now up slightly uh, by about three tenths of 1% to 38,811 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.